Hello and welcome. This is Dietitian Kate, and you are listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we simplify the confusing and complex world of nutrition to help you reach your greatest potential. At Nutrition Awareness, our registered dietitians believe in fueling your body, not restricting it, so you can accomplish your goals, optimize your results, and live your healthiest life without dieting. Whether you're starting a weight loss journey in the midst of a physical transformation or simply want to enhance your life with a nutritious diet, stay tuned as you will find value in today's episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. This is Dietitian Kate and I am so excited that you're listening today. If you're a new listener, which you probably are, considering this is our second episode and most people are going to be new listeners, thanks for tuning in. And if you listen to episode one, thanks for coming back. That really just makes my heart happy and makes me, (laughs) really lights me up more than you know. So thanks for being here. And I am super jazzed. Wow, that's kind of lame terminology. I am super jazzed about today's topic. That really accurately identifies how I, how I feel about it. So take that one to the bank, super jazzed. We are talking about intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. As registered dietitians, we get this question all the time. What is intermittent fasting? Should I be doing it? What kind of ways can I do it? Is it safe? Am I going to die from not eating? Okay, that's being a little bit dramatic, but hey, I know it's going through people's heads. So we are going to address this question, answer all of those questions for you today. And I brought on my business partner, Megan. She is an expert in intermittent fasting. I mean, an expert in nutrition, but this is really her thing. She knows intermittent fasting like the back of her hand. So if you are confused about intermittent fasting, stay tuned because you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to also get to hear her story about intermittent fasting, which is quite unique. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, I wanted to start with a new segment we're doing, and I'm really hyped about it. It's called Review Rendezvous. You like that alliteration? You like that play on words? I thought it was clever. This is still a new podcast, so you never know. I might change that. If anyone else has better ideas, send us a direct message on Nutrition Awareness Instagram. That's at nutrition.awareness because... I need some creativity and inspiration from you guys. So let me know if you have ideas for a new title. But without any further ado, Review Rendezvous is where we read real client and listener reviews from either the podcast or from our business, where we provide one-on-one counseling for nutrition in an individualized setting. So I'm going to read two reviews today. These are from Yelp. The first one is from Mark L., I was recently diagnosed with high blood sugar, possible type 2 diabetes, or pre-diabetic with bad sugar spikes. I was very nervous, and I didn't know what I needed to do. I met with Kate Richardson, who was very friendly, knowledgeable, and helpful. She listened to my goals and guided me in putting together a solid and very doable plan for dealing with diabetes in a way that made me feel much less afraid of what I am facing. Her knowledgeable ability to answer my many questions and manner of educating me has done so much to improve my outlook. I highly recommend using their services to anyone dealing with blood sugar issues or any other needs for understanding of healthy food choices. 
Thank you so much, Mark, for that review. Really, that made my day when I saw that, and I am so excited that you feel less scared about managing your health and you feel like it's doable because it really is doable. It's, a, it's very manageable. I also wanted to read this second review from Brett F. on Yelp as well. He said, My first appointment with Megan was everything I was hoping for and more. She took the time to get to know me and ask questions that really helped her hone in on what I am trying to accomplish. Following my visit, I received a summary of the things we discussed and some recommendations going forward. I liked the appointment so much, I booked four more sessions. Ah, that's so exciting. Thank you so much for that review, Brett F. Megan and I really appreciate you guys going on there and sharing the love. It really helps us grow and reach more people and help you guys better to know exactly what we're doing right and what you want to see more of. If you guys have worked with us before, please feel free to leave a review either on Yelp or Google. If you're a listener and you've never worked with us one-on-one, -on -one, please leave a review on the podcast. That also helps us reach more people and grow and also gives you a chance to be featured on our next episode because we are going to be cranking out lots of episodes. So get your five minutes of fame in. It's worth it. I also wanted to share with you guys the other segment we're going to be doing on podcasts. This is called Frequently Asked Questions. Uh, very creative title there, too. So again, if you have any ideas on what I should name the FAQ portion of this podcast, slide into the DMs. We need you. Or email me at kate at orlandodietitian.com. That's K-A-I-T at orlandodietitian.com. Today's frequently asked question is about intermittent fasting, so it works out pretty great. We chose to talk about intermittent fasting as the whole topic because we can't just answer this question in one sentence. I mean, that would be a very long run-on sentence for my grammaritans out there. So no worries. We're going to do that question as a whole episode. And, you know, if you send in a frequently asked question or a question that you want answered, we might make that into an entire episode as well, especially if it's one that we're getting over and over again. So please email me. I'd prefer if you email me your questions at kate, K-A-I-T, at orlandodietitian.com. And stay tuned to see if it gets featured on our next episode. Just like Dr. Dre said, the next episode. All right, let's get into why you're here. We are talking intermittent fasting with Megan. So I want to introduce Megan. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist, and she owns Nutrition Awareness. She's my partner in crime, and she's the expert. So Megan, without any further ado, will you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Kate, well, you kind of said it all. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and the owner of private practice Nutrition Awareness in Orlando. I am the type of dietitian who trials everything. So if something's popular, you can bet that I've tried it myself. So I'm not the kind of person that once the fad diet comes out, I tell everybody, don't try it. It will kill you. It's the worst thing ever. I really want to put myself in their situation, kind of evaluate the good and the bad and the ugly and decide what from that can we maybe fit into your lifestyle. Maybe it's not necessarily following a ketogenic lifestyle for life, but maybe we incorporate some healthy fats into your diet. I just, I love that because when I first started working with you, actually before I started working with you and came on as a dietitian at Nutrition Awareness, I followed you on social media. I knew who you were because you were the president of our local dietitian professional club. So you were like kind of famous. And I remember you were on Instagram story trialing a bunch of different diets. And I just thought that was really cool because 
why not be the expert in diets regardless of whether you agree with them or not? I mean, that's kind of our professional duty to be able to answer the questions about, about diets that people are asking about. And what better way to answer the questions than to experience them yourself? Yeah, I get some shit from other health professionals mm. for doing things like the carnivore diet. Oh my god, I can't believe you would <laughs> promote something like that where you only eat meat. That's insane. Well, guess what? Like, there's some legitimacy to it out there. There's some studies that are coming out. There are people that are doing it and seeing results. So I want to know what that's all about. And when people ask me questions about it, I don't want to just dismiss it as something stupid. So I would suggest that other health professionals kind of get in that same game because... There are things that 10 years ago I thought were crazy that now I'm recommending. Mm. So that's great. So what kind of things did you think were crazy 10 years ago that now you're finding to be, you know, legit? Well, 10 years ago, it was like, let's eat these Snackwell's cookies that are 50 calories a piece and low fat, mm -hmm. yet they're super high in sugar. So mm -hmm. now sugar is the devil, right? So, it, I mean, we go through different, different time periods where, you know, fat was the devil, now sugar is the devil, but... I think we need to ask ourselves, like, why are we just picking this one nutrient to pick on? Mm -hmm. And just know that, you know, the last 20 years ago, eggs were terrible, and now eggs are fine. So it's, it's, an, it's an evolving science, and just know that. We're not trying to trick you. We're just gaining more information, and we're going to share that updated information mm -hmm. with you. If someone's been preaching the same exact thing for 50 years, they're probably behind the times. God, that's like the best way to gauge. You know, it's important as, you know, either a consumer or a medical and healthcare professional to stay on top of the research. It's changing every single day. And when you look at science as a whole, nutrition science is pretty new. So there's always going to be new things coming out, updated information. We got to roll with the tides. But really providing that most accurate experience and accurate information that we can to people is the most we can do as health professionals. And so we're going to do that to the best of our ability. And so that brings us into the topic of intermittent fasting because we know for a long time we've always heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You need to eat breakfast right when you wake up in the morning and then it's okay to eat all into the night. But don't eat two hours before bed. But still that just kind of leaves a lot of ambiguity in when is really the most strategic time to eat? So can you kind of tell us a little bit about your story with intermittent fasting and your, you know, previous beliefs about when you should be eating and if we should be fasting at all? First of all, I got a newsflash for you. You can eat breakfast and intermittent fast. So don't think that you have to stop eating breakfast. When I first started hearing a lot of this research about intermittent fasting, I did not want to do it at all. So this was a thing I was on my list. Megan, you need to try this. But I thought, no, I need to eat every four hours. I like to wake up early and go get my workout in. Some days I don't wake up early and get a workout in. I have to work out late at night. So am I supposed to just not eat something after I work out? That's insane, right? How do I not just wake up, eat breakfast, and go? Like, I don't want to not eat when I wake up. I don't want to wait two hours. I don't want to have to just think about the timing of eating because food is readily available all around me all the time and I want to eat when I'm hungry, right? So it took me about a year and I continued to hear more and more and more research and benefits of intermittent fasting. And I knew this was going to become a thing. So I said, okay, Megan, bite the bullet, try it. For some reason, I decided to try it on a weekend where I was going on a girl's trip. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I just said, like, this is the best time to do this, but I did. And so starting out that trip, we had to get up at 5 a.m. to get on a flight. And so that wasn't the best time to delay eating when you have to get up at 5 a.m. So I'm not really sure why I did that either. 
But I did, and by the time we got there, I think we got there around noon, and we went and ate, so it was an easy way for me to delay my time of eating for the first time, because normally I would never not eat until noon. That's insane to me. <laughs> when you did do that, did you feel starving? Were you, like, ravenous when you came into that meal, or did you feel okay? No, it was definitely a challenge, but it, since it was the first day, it was, like, something new, and because I was on a trip and because I was traveling, there was a lot going on, so it wasn't as hard as it would be if I was just sitting at my office for five hours trying to not eat um, but what I found was because it takes forever to get five girls to go do anything we would wake up in the morning everybody would lay around everybody would get ready and then eventually we would go out to brunch so it was a little bit easier of a transition for me on that trip to move into like a 13 14 15 hour fast than it would have been had I been home then when I came home, what I transitioned to is more of a circadian rhythm fast. So instead of waiting until noon to eat, I would stop eating around 6 or 7 p.m. and then not eat again until 7 or 8 a.m. So, so it was a 12 to, 12 to 14 hour fast overall, and I found that to be a lot easier than waiting a long time to eat the next day. Okay, so that one was easier for you, just stopping earlier in the night. So what kind of benefits did you see between the different types of fasting? Was it easier for you to, you know, did you experience anything else that was a positive? The first thing I experienced was improved sleep. I started sleeping like a rock, mm. which I, I had heard better sleep, but I didn't have a problem sleeping before, so I didn't really think, I wasn't really looking for that benefit. But what I found was, when I started to do more of research to say, like, why am I sleeping so well now? What I found is that your body, when you have any kind of food in it, it's metabolizing it, right? So your intestines are working, your pancreas is working, your stomach is working, and that actually increases your body's internal temperature. And when your body's internal temperature is increased, you don't sleep as well. So you wake up hot, you wake up sweaty, and so that interrupts your sleep. So if you're waking up throughout the night, especially if you're hot, first of all, we need to look at your sleep environment and maybe bring the temperature down. But another thing you need to ask yourself is how late did I eat? How close to bedtime did I eat? Um, You've probably heard that thing before. It was like an old dieting thing, like don't eat after 6 p.m. It's not that 6 p.m. is this magic time where like all the bad things happen after <laughs> 6 p.m. Like, yeah, you're more likely to have ice cream or have popcorn or have things that aren't necessarily the most nutritious foods after 6 p.m. than you are at 10 a.m. in the morning. That's true. But it's not that 6 p.m. is a magic time. It's that you're giving your body a rest from digestion. Your body needs a rest just like you need a rest. We have this optimal time for repair and that optimal time time for repair is at night because we are creatures that are awake during the day and we're supposed to be asleep we're supposed to be resting and repairing overnight if our organs aren't doing that if we're not giving them a chance to if we're eating something at nine and going to bed at 9 30 your body has to work all night long and then wake up the next day and start working again as soon as you put something else in the tank so it's like constantly working 24 hours a day you wouldn't work very well if you had to work all night and then wake up the next day and work another 24-hour shift, right? So I think a lot of the benefits that we're getting is just from giving our body a rest. That's such a beautiful analogy. You know, if you as a, a physical human being had to go to work for 24 hours a day and didn't give yourself time to relax, you wouldn't work well. You wouldn't be functioning optimally. So it sounds like there's, you know, more benefits just from the one that a lot of people come in looking for, which is weight loss. And when you tell your story of how you started, I mean, you had that advantage of, okay, just the first time I did it, I didn't happen to eat until noon anyway. You kind of made it sound easy. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you or your clients face? Because I know with myself, when I am in an intermittent fasting phase or if I'm doing it, 
it's been really hard with a, a varied schedule. So my schedule's not the same every single day. Sometimes I'm home from work at noon. Sometimes I'm home from work at 8 p.m. And I don't know, should I eat? Should I not? When should I eat? So that's a challenge for me. What kind of things have you or, or clients experienced? Yeah, lots of challenges. The first one was the first two weeks I had intense sugar cravings. Mm. So I was trying to cut myself off again around 6 or 7 p.m. You can choose to pick a cutoff time and say 6 p.m. every single day I'm done no matter what I'm doing, if I'm working or not. Or you can choose to do a variable time. So I did a variable time since my schedule is different just like yours. But I would say about 6 to 7 p.m. was my cutoff time. But I would notice at maybe 5, 5.30, I'd get these crazy sugar cravings where I wanted Starburst or Sour Patch Kids or things that I don't usually crave. If I crave something sweet, usually it's chocolate, not mm. sugar. And so I don't really know why I was craving that. I, I don't really have any explanation for that, but I would eat I would eat some. I didn't restrict myself, but I knew I had to be done by 6 o'clock. Mm. And I think part of that, which is something that my clients also experience, is that last supper phenomenon, feeling like, oh my gosh, 6 p.m. is coming. I need to, I need to hurry up and eat something. So not tuning into the signals my body is sending me. My body's not telling me that I'm hungry. I just want to eat something. So because 6 p.m. is coming up, I've got to hurry up and fit everything that I can in in that time frame. So I want to caution you against that. But also that just know that the first two weeks is going to be hard. Mm. It's something that you're not used to. It's going to be hard. You might be a little bit hungry. It might be an adjustment. You might have to push back the time that you're eating dinner. So if you usually have a family dinner at 8 p.m., what do you have to do to change your schedule to make sure that you're eating a little bit earlier or having breakfast a little bit later in the day? So you do, you know, with any kind of lifestyle change, like you said, you do have to go through that little bit of discomfort, that discomfort of being hungry and saying no and really tuning into your body, which I think is one of the most ben beneficial parts of intermittent fasting is really stopping and saying, okay, I know I have an hour to eat if I want to, but do I generally want to eat? And if I do, is it a huge meal or is it just a little something to, you know, satisfy that voice in my head and just move on? So it is a little bit of kind of mental discipline. Now, I do want to ask you, I know when you had started intermittent fasting after you went on your girl's trick, you, you did have a big challenge ahead of you, and that was Italy. <laughs> when I think of Italy, I think of food. I think of big bowls of pasta. I think of lots of wine. I think of how the Europeans eat really late into the night. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you handled that and how you handled it when you got back. So I think I had been doing intermittent fasting for maybe two months or so before I went to Italy. And knowing that some of the restaurants don't even open till 7 p.m. and you would be the only person in there if you were there at 7 and it's more like a 9 p.m. dinner and they last a long time and like you said, lots of wine. I knew going into that that I wasn't really going to be able to keep up with what I was doing unless I wanted to delay what I was eating so late in the day. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go on vacation and be worried about intermittent fasting. And so I want to I want to caution people when you go into this, you don't have to do it every day for the rest of your life. They've shown in some studies that you can get this, the same exact benefits from doing this at on a 7-day cycle as you do during doing it for a 5-day cycle. So that means if you two days out of the week you didn't fast, you'd still be getting some benefits. So that right there tells me that no matter how much you're doing it, you're getting some type of benefit from it. So if you need to take a break, if you're taking a week-long vacation, you go right ahead and take, long that, take that week-long vacation, 
but make a plan to get back to it once you get back, as soon as you get back. Don't make it, oh, I'm off, I need to pack, I need to do all these things, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do for the week before the vacation, then you're not doing it the week of the vacation, then you get back and it's a struggle and you're not doing it the week after the vacation. That being said, like the good thing with intermittent fasting is that it's not exactly changing what you eat, it's changing when you eat. Mm. So if you're not necessarily able to change the style of eating right now or change what you're eating right now or you're struggling with that, are you at least willing to change the window of time Mm. that you're eating in? And it's a little bit easier to schedule that for when you get back, that window of time. If maybe you don't necessarily have time to meal prep, but you do have time to eat within a certain Mm. window. Gotcha. So it's a great starting point for someone who doesn't even know where to start or how to start and maybe feels a little bit overwhelmed by the whole idea of making a diet change or making a healthy lifestyle change. It's just tweaking when you eat. And when you say it like that, it sounds so much more simple. One question I get a lot from people, and I'm sure you do too, or or maybe some criticism from other professionals is, is this promoting restrictive eating? Is this promoting, you know, that whole diet culture that we hear so much about lately? Is it mentally unhealthy? I think for for anyone that has a history of disordered eating, I would caution you against any type of eating pattern that makes you feel negative or makes you feel guilty. Mm. So you know in your heart if that's making you feel any kind of nasty feelings, stay away from it. Mm. Um, But for people that say it's a fad diet, look at the research. The research is there. It decreases blood sugars. It improves insulin levels. It decreases many markers of chronic disease, such as your CRP levels. Um, It decreases a1c levels so the research is there so to call it a fad diet i think would be doing a disservice for people who want to see these types of results we can't deny that the research is there i even find it hard to categorize it as a fad in my head because it's not changing what you're eating it's literally just eating at different times it's eating a little bit either later in the day or stopping earlier at night or whatever fits your schedule whatever fits your lifestyle now that being said i i will say that people are capitalizing on this and turning Mm. it into a diet. So there are, there are certain types of fasting that I would say are much more diet-y than what we're talking about. We're talking about time-restricted eating. There are diets where you, I think it's like alternate day fasting, where you eat 500 calories one day, and then the next day you eat normally, and then 500 calories, and then you eat normally. I've also seen like a 5-2 diet where you eat normally for five days, and then for two days out of the week, you only eat 500 calories or less. I think that's absolutely insane. I don't think that that's sustainable. I never want to have a day in my life where I eat 500 calories or less. No, thank you. I think that is more of a fad. That's more something that I can't see someone sustaining that for the rest of their lives. So I wouldn't have them try that. I think something like this, like taking 13 hours off from eating, I see that as being sustainable. It seems pretty normal. It's just like when you are hanging out at home at night and then when you go to bed and then getting ready in the morning, that's all it is. So I have a question for you. Um, When I was, before I moved to Florida, I had been hearing a lot about fasting and I had played with it and I really liked it and I challenged myself to do a 24-hour fast where I didn't eat for a whole day. And I thought it was really very, I, I made sure I stayed busy all day, I didn't think about food and I didn't find it very hard. I would want to do it again sometime and try it. What would you suggest to somebody who is thinking about doing a 24-hour fast just to see if they can do it? What are I, I found some benefits. That I kind of want to know what your thoughts are on that. I'm going to put that back on you because I have not been brave enough 
to try that myself. <laughs> and some, some of the additional benefits of doing that is the aut autophagy factor mm -hmm. of um, cell regeneration. But I, I don't know. I haven't tried it. I'd have to put that back on you. I gotta say, the only, I, when I did it, I did it just to prove that I could do it. I'm one of those people that likes to do something <laughs> just to say like, ha, I can do it. I can eat, I can not eat for a whole day. Because I had been doing the intermittent fasting for a long time where I just ate within an eight to 10 hour window. And I was like, hell, I'm gonna just do it for a day and see how it goes and just prove that I can do it and that I'm not gonna die. And so the benefit for me was saying, was the, the mental benefits. I mean, I didn't really notice a difference in my energy from that one day. I was just hyped, I was hyped up anyway because I was preparing for my going away party or something. So I had a lot of stuff going on. So I didn't notice differences in that, but it was a mental game where I could say, yeah, I can do this. I cannot eat for a whole day. That means I can do a lot more things that at one point seemed impossible because before I did that, not eating for a whole day seemed crazy. Like it's it honestly gave me these feelings like of being scared. <laughs> I guess it's the only way I can say it. I was scared to not eat because I love to eat and I didn't want anything bad to happen, but it was a mental game for me and I found that benefit. And I also, when I work with clients, it's also nice to see that benefit with them as well because they notice like, oh yeah, like I can go 12 to 14 hours without eating. I'm not going to die. It won't kill me. What about the next day? How did you eat the next day after that fast? Normal. Really? I went back okay. to my normal intermittent fasting. I think I had just done it to say, hey, I can prove it and I can prove to myself that I can do it. Why not try it today when I've got a lot of stuff going on and I'll be too busy to really focus on a good meal anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I probably should have documented how I felt if I noticed any changes. I won't lie, I was definitely drinking the night after. I broke my fast, so I probably didn't feel the best in the morning. <laughs> Just keeping it real, but it was cool to prove to myself that yeah, I can do 24 hours. Did you do without coffee? Uh, actually, yeah, I did. Cool. I was only doing water because I wanted to do 100% without anything. Now I do hear from fasting because I hear different things and I tell people it's okay to have things that don't have caloric value. So if they're going to drink water or if they're going to drink coffee without anything added to it, then it's still considered fasting. What's your take? I'm more of a purist. purist? I think if you're going to do it, do it. Um, because it, if people get a little bit of leeway to break the rules, they're going to keep breaking the mm. rules. And it's, you know, I've seen these things where it's like anything that's 50 calories or less doesn't break your fast. And it's like, so if I can put a little bit of half and half in my coffee now, I'm not breaking my fast. At that point, I'm like, why, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. why, why are we doing this in the first place? If we're doing it to give our internal organs and our body a rest, coffee still has antioxidants in it. Mm. It still has chemical compounds in it. Your body still has to metabolize it, even though there's not necessarily any calories in it. You're starting the system with something. There's caffeine in there. Your body has to break that down and mm. process it. So if you're, if you're going to be a purist and you're going to try it all the way, I'd say water only. If you get to the point where it's something where you're trying to maintain this for your lifestyle and you recognize, hey, I can go 14 hours without eating, but at that 13th hour, I need some black coffee in the morning morning, fine. Mm -hmm. That works for your lifestyle, great. But I would say if you're just starting out and you're just trying this, I have a lot of clients who when they start, um, I start them on just 12 hours. Like, let's just, see if you, let's just see if you can go 12 hours without eating something or having coffee. And so that's, that's kind of the way that we look at it at the beginning. But if you need to work in coffee there, that's fine. You can do that. But I'm kind of a purist. I like that. I, I, you know, when you think about it from that perspective of, okay, if you give yourself a little leeway, especially right from the get-go, then how else are you going to kind of 
give yourself some leeway. You're going to say, oh, I'll let myself eat 30 minutes longer today. And <laughs> then the next day turns into 45 minutes longer. So you kind of learn to bend the rules. So yeah, I can see it from both perspectives. You know, if that cup of coffee is something that, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning and it's something to help bridge you to that more purist way of fasting or something that's a little bit more dramatic, then sure, whatever gets you there. Or if you want to bring that back in later, fine. But why not just go all the way? I've also had several people ask me if they can brush their teeth after the fast. I'm like, please, yeah. please, <laughs> please brush your teeth. <laughs> hey, we're not naturalists here, just purists. <laughs> I've had people ask me about lots of things, too. I had someone ask me about gum, and I was like, you know, so I'd say no. I'd say no on the I'd gum. No. Yeah, I'd say no. no on the gum. If it's something that, you're right, is going to cause your body to have some sort of metabolic change then yeah yeah i would say if you're gonna do it go all the way so next time i do it i might say i don't know i mean it's really hard to say no <laughs> coffee i mean i'll say it out loud that i try it but that is something that i'm not gonna lie i have an addiction to black coffee <laughs> i think it's a lot harder for the people that are trying to do like the 14 15 16 hour fast mm-hmm. for me i've i've seen that a 13 hour circadian rhythm fast meaning kind of working with when the sun goes up when the sun comes down Mm. trying to keep my eating hours within that window of time that works best for me the 14 hour I can do on some days sometimes weekends but 13 just seems to work best for my lifestyle so it's about figuring that out I have a lot of people who try to do that 16 hour fast before they ever come in and talk to me and so when they come in and we're talking about things they're like I can't do intermittent fasting I tried it eating it within an eight hour window during the day is just crazy I can't do it I go run in the mornings how can I you don't have to do 16 hours so let's scale it back yeah let's just do 12 like you start getting benefits at that 12th hour so let's just see how that works and then maybe we move it out to 13 maybe we don't that's okay you're gonna get a little bit of benefit from just thinking about the times when you're eating, if you got a cutoff time at 8 p.m., you're not going to eat ice cream at 9. What would you say from those people that give you pushback where they're like, oh, no, like, I have to eat all the time. Like, I'm always hungry. I eat this many times a day, and I start right when I wake up in the morning. How would you approach that kind of situation? You know, someone that is just dead set on, yep, I eat right when I wake up in the morning, and I have to have a snack before bed or I don't sleep. I would ask them a lot of questions because there's a reason why your body is sending you that hunger signal all the time. Mm. It's not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to be constantly hungry all day, every day. If you are, you're doing something wrong. You're not giving your body something that it needs. Let's take a step back. Let's figure out what your body is missing and why it keeps sending you that signal over and over again. That's so true. And plus, when you're eating all day long... It's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, having to feel hungry when they're in the middle of something productive or if you're in the middle of a meeting, it makes it hard to focus. And I know that, you know, if I have either if I'm either fasting or if I have a substantial meal and I'm not hungry for a while, it just makes it so much easier not to stop what I'm doing. I actually get shit done because I'm not worried about how I'm feeling physiologically. Yeah, I, I heard some other health professionals say that they're doing fat doing this fasting thing and they're doing the one meal a day fast Mm. i will say that's one thing i'm going to challenge that i do not like Mm. because what tends to happen with every person that i've talked to or heard talk about this they start eating at like 5 p.m and they do not stop eating until they go to bed well guess what your body's trying to make up for everything that it didn't get all day long when you were up and moving around and they're like oh i have such better concentration and i get so much more done during the day 
And yet at night, you're raiding the pantry for the next four hours. I would much rather you spread that intake out throughout the day. So that exact same intake, but spread out further throughout the day than just in that small little four-hour window where you're stuffing yourself until you no longer feel full because you're probably going to end up overeating. And I can't see how that would be helpful for your digestion. No, absolutely. And to me, that kind of reminds me of um, the restrict binge cycle. I mean, I don't want to go and say that someone who does that has a binge problem or something like that, but that's just what rings bells in my head. It's like, okay, you're going to not eat all day. And maybe your reasoning, it might be different than someone who is caught up in the more traditional restrict and binge where you would restrict all day to lose weight and then give in at night. But it's still something about it, you know, mentally, physiologically, I don't think it's the best route either. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. It's like you're putting a name to it or like you're, you're giving yourself a reason to just go all day without eating. But I don't necessarily think that's right just because you put a name yeah, to yeah. it. I mean, that just kind of like ties it up in a bow and puts it in a pretty package and says, all right, it's a it's a intermittent fasting. Yeah. It's healthy not to eat all day and then just go and literally do a clean swoop of your pantry. It's exactly what I tried to teach my clients not to to do. <laughs> yeah, it just goes against pretty much. So that's the the extreme side. That, eating that one meal late at night and just kind of eating everything and gorging and then doing that every other day thing where you just eat 500 calories in the middle of the day and then the next day you eat normal and the next day you only eat 500 calories. Those are extremes that sounds like you caution against. I've had other people tell me I intermittent fast because if I don't keep myself within this window, I'm afraid that I will binge. Mm. If that's happening, again, I have more questions Mm -hmm. because that's not a natural reaction or a natural feeling. Are you eating out of a certain emotion or are you eating to relieve stress? Because at that point, it's either a physiological reason or there's some kind of a mental or emotional reason why you feel that way. I don't want you to do this intermittent fasting thing because you feel like you're going to just binge and go crazy outside of those hours because that sounds like that sounds like a prison to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a prison. That means there's something underlying going on, something that isn't just related to, okay, I want to eat healthier, I want to, you know, benefit my blood sugars, my insulin response. That sounds like you trying to mask something else that you've been masking with food. You know, it sounds like, to, to me, that sounds like someone's filling a void with food late in the night, and this is a way of themselves defending themselves against that. And that may work short term, but that's never going to last long term. I mean, something's going to happen and that's where you really want to get to an underlying issue of okay why are you eating this way at night why are you binging at night is it because it's emotional is it because stress or maybe it's habit in which case if it's just a habit that's when intermittent fasting would be a really beneficial tool to help you break that snack habit yeah i've implemented this intermittent fasting thing with a lot of my guy clients who are eating past like that 9, 10 p.m. zone, like that's where they see their issue is, I'm about to go to bed, I'm just gonna open the refrigerator, see what's in there, whatever's in there, I'm going to eat it. If they're rule followers, I kind of always ask, do you like rules or are you a rule breaker? And if they tend to be a rule follower, that's when I'll just kind of implement, okay, we're gonna call this intermittent fasting, all that means is that you're done eating by 8 p.m kitchen is closed at 8 p.m. That's it. And and so because we put a name to it and because it's a rule and because we can talk about all the other benefits they're getting out of it, it's not just a don't eat. It's more of a you're doing this for a specific reason. You have a specific goal. I have them track their fasts using an app. And so it gives them something to concentrate on positively versus just that negative connotation of, oh, I, I can't eat now. You're doing it for a reason. I have to do that. I'm fasting for 12 hours. Okay, my fast starts now and I'm working towards that 12 hours. 
So what would you say to someone who is a natural rebel and does not like rules or restrictions? <laughs> I would ask them, what do you want to work on? Like those kind of people, I have to ask them, what do you want to do? What is, what is it that you want to improve? What are the things that you want to change? Because if I come up with them, it's going to be a rule that you want to break. You're a rebel. You don't want to do what I say. What do you want to do? Mm. Let's let's make this your idea. Yep. Work at those Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So when, when you look at intermittent fasting and you work with clients, what are some of the biggest questions you get when someone approaches you and they say, okay, I've heard all this information that you've been putting out there about intermittent fasting. I understand that I can do it for 12 hours and it's flexible and the research is there backing it. What's the first step? What should I really do to make sure I'm doing this right? Yeah. The first step is to day one, you pick a time where you want to be done eating. That's all. You pick a time. Is it six? Is it seven? Is it eight o'clock? What's your cutoff time? Yeah. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah. It sounds easy. But that being said, if you have a family at home, when you usually eat dinner, are you going to have to push that forward a little bit? If you usually do a workout at 7 p.m., mm. do you need to eat dinner before your workout? Because when you get back, you're not going to be able to eat anything. That was one thing that I struggled with. And, you know, we all know or we've all heard if you eat something within 30 minutes to an hour after your workout, your muscles are primed for recovery. You need that protein. We've all heard that, right? So my question is, like, do I get more benefit out of eating after or do I get more benefit out of fasting after? Because if I'm fasting, my body doesn't have to put any kind of energy into digestion. It has to put that energy towards repair, right? So what am I getting the most benefit from? I've trialed it. I don't really notice a difference, to be honest. And I've had clients trial this too. And I haven't really seen a big difference either way. I kind of trialed like, do I feel more sore the next day if I don't eat something afterwards? Do I feel less sore if I have a protein shake? I don't really see a difference. So I haven't, there's no definitive answer out there yet. But it's going to be like, what works for you? What feels the best? For me, after a workout, I was never really hungry anyways if it was a hard workout. So instead of forcing myself to have a protein shake at 9.30, I just said, hmm, I'm not going to have that. And I slept better because of it. That's awesome. So it takes trial and error. And that's where going and seeing a dietitian for individualized nutrition guidance is really beneficial because... You might be totally different. You might feel, oh, no, after a workout's when I'm the hungriest. That's when I really need something. So let's look at the timing of my workout. Let's look at the timing of when I go to bed and how I can shift my eating window to really give me the max benefits, not only physically and physiologically, if there are any for you specifically, but mentally. You know, you don't want to cut your window off at a time when you know you're going to be hungry after a workout. I know for me, about an hour after workouts when I start to feel hungry. So if my window was cut off, before that hour, I would be S-O-L out of luck. So that's where it just takes time. And I know that you're making a course for intermittent fasting to really help people figure out what they're doing, how they should be doing it, what's right for them, and how to really optimize. Because if you just kind of start intermittent fasting, cool, but you can really get the benefits when you work with a professional and you have a set plan. So tell us a little bit about the course you're launching and what can we can expect from that. Yeah, the reason why I'm launching that course is because I did hear so many people so many times say, I've tried that fasting thing, I did the 16-8, I did it for a week and then I quit. It doesn't work for me. So people, I don't think people are realizing that there are many different types of fasting out there and because we have so many of these tools in our toolbox we can get you the benefits that we already talked about the lowered markers of inflammation maybe some weight loss if you have diabetes decreased blood sugars like we can get you a better sleep 
improved um approved attention span like we can get you all those things you don't necessarily have to do that 16 8 fast so i wanted to compile all the things that i've talked about all the things that i've researched into a course and it's going to be a day-by-day -day course it's only a week long so mm -hmm. it's master intermittent fasting in seven days very short very quick like one thing a day that you have to do you get a little bit of homework at the end of the seven days you'll be able to teach the course that's all. Awesome. And you know what the best part about those things are is the accountability factor. Because like you said, people will go and they'll say, I tried it for this long and it didn't work for me. And now I give up and I'm going to go back to what I was doing, which obviously wasn't working before, because if it was working before, you wouldn't have been trying something else. Right. So that accountability factor is really key for a lot of people to say, OK, I'm investing this time. I'm investing this energy in working with a professional. I'm going to give intermittent fasting a shot and learn how I can really get the most out of it and really see the benefits and uh, stick to it because that's when you see the benefits. I mean, if you do, just like if you do one thing for a day, it's not going to change the world, right? You've actually got to stick to it, stay consistent. And that's the beauty of the course that you're making. I'm really excited. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love intermittent fasting, but I would really love to do it again and, and get another perspective and learn how I can really make the most of my eating window. And consistency is key for sure. Consistency is key. But in the same breath, there are seasons of life. Mm -hmm. And so maybe for whatever reason, intermittent fasting isn't right for you right now. For example, as you've probably heard during this podcast, I have a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the pitter-patter and the barks. <laughs> and what I've noticed with having this puppy is he wakes up at midnight. He usually wakes up again at 5 a.m. I have a hard time going back to sleep. So I'm not getting as much sleep as I'm used to getting. That means I'm hungrier during the day. It also means I want caffeine. So what I've noticed Join for the me <laughs> over the past two weeks of having this puppy is, hey, coffee, you're my friend. You are really helping me get through my days right now. So I'm not going to wait till 8 a.m. to start my coffee. And I've been having breakfast earlier too. So for this season of my life, maybe intermittent fasting doesn't really make sense for me. I'm still trying to eat dinner by six, seven o'clock, but I'm not necessarily waiting to open that window up. But once he gets older and he's sleeping through the night, I'll probably try to go back to that routine. And that's important with any kind of life event at all. I mean, just like you said, there's seasons in life, no matter how you're eating or if you're following a certain regimen or, you know, you have a health goal, you got to take the seasons as they come and forgive yourself and not let yourself get, not beat yourself up if you do eat breakfast a little bit earlier. Start letting yourself have coffee. It is what it is. You accept it. You do the best you can. You try to optimize that season and still stay on track. But then you just have that plan for when things level out, when things go back to normal, when you're back from your trip or your puppy grows up or the wedding weekend is over. You just get back on track. You just go back to normal business as usual. It's a mindset thing. It's a mindset shift. Yes. Allow, give yourself that grace. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to make mistakes. This whole nutrition and wellness world is not about being perfect. Mm -hmm. And I know we both harp this on our clients all the time because people come in and it's all or nothing, all or nothing. I'm going to do every single thing you tell me 100% from here on out. And we know that that's not true. Mm -hmm. We know there's going to be pizza nights. We know there's going to be cake and there's birthdays and someone brought donuts and good. That's life. That's part of life. We want you to do those things. If you don't do those things, you're, you're going to start feeling guilty. Like we want you to 
we want you to work that into your life. We don't want the guilt associated with this. And we don't want you to be 100%. We want you to have progress. We don't want you to aim to be perfect. Because if you're aiming to be perfect, you're aiming to fail. Mm-hmm. And once you fail, you're going to start feeling guilty. And once those feeling of guilt, feelings of guilt come in, you start to question everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if anything you're doing is working. Yeah, exactly. If you are 100% all the time, it's you're, there's going to be a breaking point. For some people, they can last longer than others, but everyone breaks. There's no reason that you should restrict yourself 100% of the time. And when you and I were talking the other day, you said something that really was impactful. You said, the reason you don't see those people who are restricting themselves and who are walking around with their shredded six-pack is because they never leave the house <laughs> yeah. and they're never doing anything fun. They're never enjoying life. Like, they're at home weighing every ounce of rice that they eat. Like, ugh. okay, they might be 100% of the time more often than you and I or anybody else, but their life is not the same. You know, they're not forgiving themselves and letting, letting themselves have those moments that are worth enjoying in life, those fun times. Yeah, we were talking about the extra 10 pounds of fun. The 10 pounds, that's what you call it, the yeah, 10 pounds. the 10 pounds of fun. So it's like, yes, you could probably weigh 10 pounds less, but that means no Taco Tuesdays. That means you're not getting a margarita when you go to the Mexican place. That means you're staying at home instead of going to the movies on a Friday night or whatever. It's It means you're not participating in life as much as you could be. Because I know if I, if I could go back to my days when I was in that restriction mindset, all I would do is go back and tell myself, like, go to dinner with your friends, go get the pasta, go try the frappuccino, like, go have those life experiences. Like, no, you don't need to have a frappuccino every single morning. Absolutely not. I don't want you to start your day that way. But do I want you to try it? Like, try the unicorn whatever from Starbucks because it's a one-time thing? Absolutely. I, w- I would much rather you have 10 more pounds on your body that represents you having a real life then you staying at home all the time. Nobody's seeing you anyway, so why does it matter? Right. If it's something to you that is worth enjoying, if that donut someone bring in, brings in is your favorite donut from your favorite place and you never get it, and it's Susie's birthday and you really want it, then yeah, don't don't be that person that just says, no, oh, I'm just going to have my protein bar. No, don't be that person. Enjoy it. Forgive yourself. and don't even, You don't need to forgive yourself. Just enjoy it and move on. Get on with your life. It's not that big of a deal. Just Just do your thing. And I feel like that's kind of an unpopular opinion because sometimes clients would be like, what do you mean it's okay if I eat a donut? Because every other diet they've ever done has said no sugar or no this or no that. And we're not telling people that. But the reason why we're not telling people that is because we want you to be realistic and we want everything that you do to be something that you can do 10 years from now. Mm. So if you start something and it says no donuts, never eat a donut again, but that's like your favorite thing, well... I don't think you're going to be able to do that 10 years from now. No, you won't. <laughs> I agree. And I think that's a beautiful way to to end this episode is keep it. We, we, wouldn't, we just want to keep it real. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast and what we do as professionals, because if we're not real with you, you can't be real with yourself. So then you don't get real results. I mean, the results come when you actually take a step back and you say, this is reasonable. This is something I can do long-term 10 years from now, not just 10 weeks, you know, not just for vacation, it's for life. And if that means never having a donut again, I would put money on that you're not gonna, you're not gonna be very successful. And if you are successful and prove us wrong, that sucks. I mean, you're probably not very happy. I would be really sad if I could never enjoy, for me, it's ice cream ever again. So 
that's our perspective. I would love to hear your comments. So Megan, any other closing words before we wrap this up? Just if you have any additional questions about intermittent fasting, please contact us. I would love to see if there are some, some questions that a lot of people have because I would like to in, address those in the course. If yeah, I can. absolutely. And so you can contact us several ways. You can either email us. So you can email the podcast directly at kait at orlandodietitian.com. Or if you just want to Google search Orlando Dietitian or Nutrition Awareness, you'll find our website and you can email us there. You can book an appointment. You can also find Megan's intermittent fasting guide that is on the homepage. It just pops up. You just enter your email and voila, you get it in your inbox. It's awesome. It's good to go. Well, Megan, and free. And free. Oh, that's the word for free. Oh. Okay, well, guys, I appreciate you guys sticking around this long. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you found some value, share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who would really be interested in learning more about intermittent fasting. See if they could find some benefit from time-restricted eating. If you found benefit yourself, I would love if you left a review. You might be featured on Review Rendezvous. That would be super cool for you and, hey, super cool for us. So don't forget to share and write a review. And until then, we will... Oh, man, I didn't come up with a cool closing on the spot. (laughs) Well, um, background noise compliments of Grits and Norman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're here too. You can check our Instagrams for puppy pictures because we will spam you if you like dogs. That's literally my life. I just post about food and my dog. And we will will think of a really good closing sometime (laughs) soon. But until then, keep it real. (laughs) Keep it real. Yeah, peace out. (laughs)